And now, our feature presentation. Round one, fight! Hello everybody, welcome to the third era of Cinema Shot. I'm your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Ziggy. And joining me, my opponent for this evening, Tyler! The day that Cinema Shot graced its presence on the internet was the most important day of your lives. But for us, it was Tuesday. Well, Monday, but... <laughs> point is, hello! Yes, so... Uh, Dragon Ball is now officially over. That was a lot of fun to do. Thank you, Tyler, for going down that memory lane. No problem. Um, and we put it to a poll on what we'll be doing next. And, um, in a out, and, and honestly, I kind of expected it to be, um, I kind of expected it to be closer, but it wasn't. Um, yeah, it was a landslide. I expect it to be half and half. Yeah, no. So I picked Teenage Mutant Turtle live action movies, obviously, and Tyler picked live action fighting game movies, and that won by eight with eighty five, uh, eighty six percent of the vote to my fifteen fourteen percent of the vote. So y'all wanted it. That just means TMNT can wait because at some point it'll it'll win, or we'll just say fuck it, we'll do it anyways. Um, but yeah, so that means we're going to be covering every single live action. I want to say American, at least, because there might be some Japanese yeah. ones that we missed. We're going to stick to American uh, versions just because they are the funnier ones and the most... Yeah, anything that's strictly theatrical or, at the very least, a direct-to-video sequel in the case of Tekken. Yes, uh, pretty much so. Um, that That is pretty much the idea. Alright, so today, funny enough, uh, we're, we're going to kick this off with... The movie that didn't kick off video game movies, but kicked off fighting movies. No, I don't count Double Dragon. It's not a fighting game. It's a beat 'em up. It's a beat 'em up. It's a beat 'em up. They're 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 like brother sisters, but they're not the same. Um, so we're starting with Street Fighter the movie in 1994. So let's uh, let's 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 go to, let's talk nostalgia because a lot of this will have some nostalgia for these movies. When um, was it? When did you first watch this movie? How young were you? Okay, so I wasn't really that acquainted with Street Fighter as a franchise as a kid. I saw it passing by once or twice when I was at a friend's house playing on Super Nintendo or Genesis. But as for the movie, I didn't really get to see it myself until 2014 when I was um, visiting a friend in uh, Missouri and we were just browsing through bad movies on Netflix and we happened upon this one, and we had a fucking blast just watching through it. I am an unapologetic fan of this movie ever since. Hmm. Yeah, for me, uh, this was like, next to Mortal Kombat, this was the most watched movie as a kid. Just, you know, like, I love Street Fighter, obviously. I'm, I'm the Street Fighter guy. And, and oddly enough, a lot of it stems from this, even though this movie's not not great but like it was just it was just fun and when you're a kid you don't care because hey look that's Ryu you don't really care how you don't I was young enough to not care about how accurate they were I just oh look that's that's this person oh Bice ooh you know you're astounded by all this stuff and you only get critical and cynical when you get older 
and then you know hopefully you lose that, but some people don't. But so we're gonna we're gonna talk about these. We are when we rate these movies, we're not gonna rate them as a th- none of these movies for the most part, except for like maybe a couple are like high regard cinema. So we're gonna be rating these basically on their on their fun factor and how much do we enjoy watching them uh, versus nice. like is it critically good or not? Because are these movies critically good? Eh, probably not, but. Like sometimes you just want a movie that's just dumb. Okay, that's just let's just be real. Uh, Absolutely, we are not cinema snobs. That's another channel altogether. So let's go ahead and break it down. Before we break it down, this was directed by Steven D'Souza. Um, it's screenplay by Steven D'Souza. Of course, based on Street Fighter by Capcom. Produced by Edward R. Pressman and Kenzo Tsujimoto. Uh, and we'll get to the star in a minute. This was. Uh, Distributed by Universal Pictures in North America and Columbia TriStar delivered international release date of wow it was a, in in December twenty third nineteen ninety four so it was Christmas it's a Christmas movie it's it's not a Dang. Christmas it's not a Christmas movie okay it's not a Christmas movie uh, it's as much a Christmas movie as Die Hard is exactly and that's even at least that has Christmas elements in it this is not. Um, I had no idea this came out like in, that's crazy. And it came out in Japan May 6, 1985. The runtime of 102 minutes. Budget of $35 million uh, with a box office of 99.4 million yen. Also, uh, Cap, uh, just to get this story, Capcom makes a lot of money, or at least made a lot of money when this movie would show on syndication. So that's why you saw it on TV all the damn time as a kid growing up. Uh, they made a lot of money for that. So, our cast starring. Jean-Claude Van Damme as Colonel Guile, Raul Julia as M. Bison, Ming-Na Wen as Chun-Li, Damien Chapa as Ken, Kylie Minogue as Cammy. Uh, I will be reading the important characters, because uh, I don't know why. Uh, Simon Cowell as, as the AN official, Byron Mann as Ryu, Roshan Seth as Dalsim, Andrew Bianasarski as Zangief, who we're going to talk about for sure. Uh, Grand L. Bush as Balrog, Robert Ramon as Carlos Charlie Blanca, Miguel A. Nunez Jr. as DJ, Greg Rainwater as Seahawk, Kenya Suwada as Captain Suwada, <laughs> Jay Tavare as Vega, Peter Tuasasopo as Honda, Wes Studi as Sagat, uh, Sander Vacor as uh, New Anchor, Agent Corner as a, as a random person, Edward R. Pressman as the lonely... Why is it listing these people? I guess these are the people who had screen, some screen time. Joe Bugner as a, as Bison Torture, and I think that's all that says. I think... Am I missing anybody? I don't think I'm missing anybody. That's everybody. Yeah, that's everybody. So, obviously, Street Fighter the movie... Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter... Nobody cares about Street Fighter 1, okay? Let, let's just get that away. <laughs> Street Fighter 1 is ass. Street Fighter 1 just is ass. Fight. Street Fighter 2... Bison, the, the story in that game is that Bison sets up an international tournament to basically find a host body for himself and pretty much invites the strongest fighters in the world to challenge him and his four kings, which are Bison, which are Balrog, Vega, Sagat, and himself. So this movie is not like that. There is not an international tournament at all, of course, much to be great. Pretty much Bison, is, the story is Bison is a... Uh, it's in it's in Thailand or not, it's not specifically Thailand, but is in uh, it's a region of the of Southeast Asia. It's in the Civil War, Shadowloo, I think it's specifically called. And Bison is yeah, pretty Shadaloo. much yeah, Bison is pretty much trying to uh, take o- like start a takeover. And so the the Allied Nations, which is you know an allegory of the UN, are there to basically ask as a peacekeeping stand force to basically hold Bison at bay. 
Um, meanwhile, Bison has kidnapped AN workers and has threatened to basically kill them if the if the AN does not deliver twelve billion. Was it twelve billion dollars? I don't remember the exact amount. It was a lot of money. <laughs> a shitload of money. A shitload of money within what was it twenty thirty eight forty eight hours? Um, within three days. Three days. So uh, thirty six hours. So um, not thirty six. Seventy two hours. Uh, so. And that and that leads Colonel William Guile trying to basically figure out where Bison's at and how to get to him, how to infiltrate them, and then we meet the other characters as as a result. So that's pretty much the premise of the movie. And I don't want to break down the movie bit by bit because you've seen it all. But let's let's go ahead and break down um, the overall story. This is not a Street Fighter movie. Oh, yeah. Um, when you're trying to adapt an uh, arcade fighting game that barely has any story elements in it, mm-hmm. uh, you're bound to take a few liberties here and there. Yeah. And uh, despite that, they do get some of the character beats down. Like, they understand that uh, Guile has a big vendetta against M. Bison, and that, uh, by and large, he is the main protagonist of Street Fighter Two as a series. Yes, uh, for sure. They get that part right. They do get the part that um, that uh, that Ch- that Chun Li also is it, it, like that's arguably those two are the probably most accurate. Um, meanwhile, you have uh, um, you have Ryu and Ken as smugglers, which isn't that accurate to the game. No, at all. they there is some dialogue between Ryu and Ken suggesting that they were they they had trained under somebody. But Ken pretty much like lot got lost in the in the in the money, and Ryu's like having a conflict of himself. Um, Sagato, a, a drug dealer working for Bison, or like not in tangentum with Bison, rather. Um, Chun Li's a news reporter, which isn't that much. I don't really care. Like that's one of those things where it's like, okay, she's not an Interpol agent, but she's a news reporter trying. Okay, I could. That's a fine change for me because at the end of the day, she's still trying to get to Bison. Yeah, I don't mind that part too much. They do make a soft job at it uh, in her uh, win quotes in Third Strike. Yes, um, and of course the other big change is that both Balrog and Ihonda work for her, um, uh, which is which is really funny. Not so much Ihonda because I could believe that, but the fact that Balrog, who is a villain in the games, is uh, working alongside Chun Li. Um, yeah, he and Zangief trade, traded places as the four heavenly kings. Yeah, pretty much, and. Um, it's it's pretty much almost like I, I was thinking about this. It's very much similar, and and I guess this inspired the cartoon. It's basically GI Joe. This is basically GI yeah. Joe. Yeah, which is like yeah. I'm pretty sure this movie predated the cartoon, and elements from the movie are incorporated in that show story. Yeah, um, the I could definitely see that for sure. Uh, and and like. Obviously, as a, if you're a Street Fighter purist, this is not, like, the best thing ever. But, like, Vega is pretty accurate. Like, his costume it is pretty damn great. Like, they got his, his mask looks amazing. Like, if I was to ever have a, have a, uh, a weapon, not weapon, a, a movie prop from a bad movie like, like this, it'd be Vega's mask. Because that thing looks legit. Yeah, um, the casting for Vega and his costume design is pretty spot on. They yeah. even went out of their way to take a handsome matador-looking dude and cast him as Vega, because yeah. that's exactly what he is. And, and he actually, unlike a lot of people in this movie, he actually does some of his moves a little bit, like he does the, he does the, well, he does his taunt, the yahoo, he does that, and he does the roll a little bit, not much, I, look, listen, for a movie called Street Fighter, there's not a lot of fighters. 
Um, there's, not, there's not a lot of fighting in it. Um, but I think, like, obviously, like, you're right. I think they did their best for what was here. It's a, it's a pretty typical, okay, we gotta, we gotta figure out a way to get the good guys to fight the bad guy. And maybe, and obviously in the 70s, martial arts tournaments were a thing. You know, martial arts movies, you know, you go to an island, you fight somebody. And the next movie we're gonna talk about obviously does that. But maybe they thought yes. with how it's, oh, he's General M. Bison. Oh, let's make him a, di- I mean, obviously he is a dictator. But let's make it more like about a military thing versus about, while incorporating the martial arts aspect, you know? Yeah, it does spice up the whole um, conflict between um, the forces of good and evil when it comes to Shadowloo as a whole. Right. And, um, okay. So, yeah, it, it's 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 a pretty basic plot. It's it's almost as if it's one of those, it's, like, it's pretty much, I guess, like a movie we won't be talking about, like Sonic 1, where it's like almost anything else could have been shoved in here. It just happens to have a Street Fighter skin over it. Anything that is and was Street Fighter uh, back in this movie's production is all here. Even all the characters, for the most part, are present. The only absentee being Fei Long, who is replaced by General Sawada. Yeah, which you could go look up what happens. We won't get too much of the behind-the-scenes stuff, but yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Pretty, I, I do remember that, like watching, like you know, reading stuff about this. That, like Capcom made it a thing. Like you have to put all our fucking characters in this movie. I'm like, God, and and it, and pretty much everything up to at least New Challengers. Uh, is up there with the exception, like I said, of Fei Long and, of course, Akuma, who wasn't out yet when this movie came out. Um, so let's, let's talk about individual characters. Let's talk about... I want to talk about two, the, for the two, obviously, the one that sounded to verse. Number one, Raul Julia as M. Bison. Oh, we're starting with the big one Yeah, first. we're starting with Ben... Like, because... I won't lie. You take Raul Julia out as Bison, the movie falls apart. Everything falls. It, it becomes a enjoyable, like, turn my brain off movie to a. I don't want to watch this movie because he's not in there. Yeah, I can't imagine this movie without um, Raul Julia as M. Bison. He pretty much steals every scene he's in, and he has the fucking time of his life. Oh, it's great. Because, like, he has that sense of, like, intimidating when he needs to be, especially at that opening scene. Where he's choking out all the uh, the AN soldiers and just like Ugh, pitiful, uh, disgusting, you know, just taunting them as he as he beats their asses no handedly. Um, but then like he has that that great speech when he's talking about like what 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 happens when I take over the world and he goes not for power, but for good and just like anybody else a lesser actor would not like he commits to that role. And at that moment, you buy everything he's selling. Yeah, he's definitely one of those actors that definitely gives his all in a performance, even if uh, the movie itself is a total stinker by proxy. Yeah. But he elevates it to a whole new level of enjoyable. Like, I know the Oscars are, like, supposed to be, like, the the, the grand of the grand, but I feel like we should give Oscars to people who can, like... Like, that's, that's... He's a good actor. Like, the fact that he's putting this much effort into this movie he probably didn't have to and to also to if people forget he was dying at this point like he was severely sick um this is his last credited movie of his life yeah i believe he took this role because uh his children were fans of street fighter and wanted him to be in the movie 
What a fucking Chad. Yeah, well, I'm gonna do this for my kids, and he fucking, like, as, like, obviously, when you look at the poster, you think you're gonna go see this for, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, we'll talk about him in a moment, but Julia, over the years, have, Raul Julia, may he rest in peace, is like, like, he, he's become a meme, he's become the echo of, like, great, campy villains, like, he, he's just fantastic. I wish he was still around, you know, just to, like, just, like, I wish he was still alive for his sake of his family, but also to be like, you know, like, just like, tell people how, like, awesome people thought he was as bison. You know, I'm, I'm sure he, wherever he's from, he's he knows that, but, like, it's fantastic how, like, he elevated his movie way more than it should have been. Yeah, this could have been a gigantic flop in the water, but he's probably one of the most enjoyable aspects of the film. Exactly. So, um, I'll never forget over the fact that, like, as everything's coming around him, uh, he tells us we shall face it together, DJ, and DJ is just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. He's fucking leaves. I'm gonna low. So, M. Bison's great, but the next best casting in this movie, I want you to guess who I, who you think is the next best casting in this movie. Uh, is it Ming-Na Wen as Chun-Li? No, I mean, she's great, but... <clears throat> I'm gonna talk. I'm talking about Andrew Bernardsky as Zangief because oh my god, yes, that, okay. That guy. I'm, I was saying this on such this movie. That guy is literally just Geef. Like shout out yep. to the the costume designer, the hair and makeup, and the actor himself. His Geef had like less than five speaking lines, maybe maybe ten at most. Not a lot. But every time Geef spoke, you knew Geef was there. You people don't for if you if people don't talk about Bison in this movie, they talk about Zangief. Yeah, Zangief in this movie is fucking gold. Even though he's more or less underutilized, everything that comes out of his mouth is hilarious, and he definitely looks the part too. Oh, for like, sure. I think besides Vega. He's probably the best casted character in the entire movie. Just on pure looks alone, like especially when at the end when he's like just in his trunks and he, he like uh, like obviously nobody can be that cartoon big as as Geef in, in real life. Um, I mean, you can. It's gonna look disgusting and it won't look it won't look good. But like for like that's Geef. That's fucking. This is this is Zangief come out of the game out of the CPS board onto real life. That's all it is. Um, and of course, he has the great lines. He has some of the. For, like, this is another man who was told, okay, here's your lines. And he fucking kills it. Everyone remembers, quick, change the chat, like, 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 <laughs> everybody picks up on that. And, uh, again, any other actor, that, jo- that joke fails. But that's always funny. It's never not funny. Yeah, the comedic timing in this movie in general is pretty spot on at points, and Zangief is probably one of the only characters in the film that nails it at every turn. Oh yeah, it's great. It's it's fantastic. Of course, my other personal favorite was DJ telling him, you know, like, dude, fucking Bison's not the good guy. He's the bad guy. We're the bad guys. And he goes, uh, then why do you work for him? Because I got because he paid me a fortune. Pause. Geef turns to the camera slowly. You got paid? Just, <laughs> just fantastic. Just fan, fan fucking tastic. Um, so, so good. Yeah, like I want that guy is still around. Apparently, he was like leather. Cha- I looked up his bio. Like he's like he's still working. He's still around. Um, so I would love to meet him and just tell him like, dude, I know you probably don't 
like like who knows how the time wasn't working on Street Fighter, but like dude, you were amazing as Zangi for like for how little you have. For sure, they should bring he him. Deserves it. Should bring him back. Um. So after that, yes, it's Ming Na Wen as Chun Li, who is arguably the co-star next to Jean Claude Van Damme's Guile. Yeah, I would say so. Like Ming Na Wen obviously is a queen, right? We already we like now she is she, she's a fucking Disney princess. She's uh she's she's in Star Wars and she's also a Marvel Marvel character. So like she's done it all, and so she played the strongest woman in the war in the world. I now granted, I do think her. And I think it's more to do with her, like, I think this is, like, her early days of acting, I think. Um, cause her, I, and also I think it's the writing, like, a lot of, a lot of it is, uh, a lot of her is, is, is a lot of, um, stop and go, it sounds very stilted, but I don't think that's her fault, I just think that's the direction and the writing that, that they go for. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Um, I'd imagine that this movie had, like, a very tight release schedule. I mean, it released near fucking Christmas, for goodness sake. Yeah. So, I assume that probably had something to do with it. For sure. But I do like, um, like, basically, that she was one of the characters that got, like, that her story's pretty much the same, that um, Bison murdered her father, and um, and she wants revenge. And it's it's simple as that. It's almost as if you could have just eliminated everything else and just have it be about Chun-Li. It's almost as if they're going to do that. In fucking oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, it's almost we'll get to later. that. Um, but I, I like her because like Chun Li is obviously one of the most iconic female. Ca- she is the most iconic female game, fighting game character. Like, she's the first Absolutely. first lady of fighting games. My thing though is I didn't pick this up when I was a kid because obviously I only been playing Street Fighter for that long, and you don't really know the lore because there is no lore in the game unless you beat the arcade ending, and you're not beating Street Fighter arcade on by yourself. You're just not doing it. Um, nope. At least unless you, like, have, have a whole shit ton of quarters or you're just really good. Um, I love that they basically said she's the strongest woman in the world without actually saying that she's the strongest woman in the world. Um, I believe it. Yeah, so, like, like in that moment when she meets Bison and she's, like, basically telling I train on three continents. And basically telling Bison, like, I've prepared you. And Bison's, like, taunts her. like, you haven't even thrown a punch. You hide behind your boxer and your sumo. You're harmless. And then she just fucking breaks those damn chains and starts whooping Bison's ass. I'm like, she could have soloed Bison by herself, probably. Yeah, for sure. We wouldn't have even needed Guile if not for the subterfuge. Exactly. And I feel like if this was, like, another Guile who wasn't a Starhawk, because let's face it, that's that's what he was back then. Like, it's all about me, okay? I am the starter. I don't know what accent I'm doing there. Um, I feel like you you could you should. I feel like the final fight should have been Chun Li and and Guile fighting against Bison. Yeah, I would have accepted that for sure. Uh, if anything, I would uh, consider Chun Li to be a secondary main character next to Guile in Street Fighter Two. Exactly for sure. Um, because even though we used the poster boy, those are the two with the more emotional attachments with. Uh, with losing uh, Charlie and, of course, Chun Li losing her father, versus Ryu's just like I want to fight more to get stronger. <laughs> That's all his motivation is. Um, but yeah, like, and I love her outfit. Obviously, it's not the blue, which that's uh, that's that's given the story circumstances that she's not put in it willingly. It's Bison, so of course it's going to be red. But I think they did a good job 
of adapting her costume to make it like you know look in the look in live action. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, I do like to think that it's uh, one of the color variations that uh, Street Fighter Two does offer, and I, they just opted for the red one. Yeah, for sure. Um, it'd be nice if we actually get to see her blue in an actual good movie one day, but who knows if that'll ever happen at this rate. Probably never. It's probably never. You never know, right, though. But definitely the best like the best character in this movie, because um, she, she has a clear goal. Unfortunately, the only disappointing about her character, and it's not even her fault, is that she doesn't get her... She Because Guile has to be the main hero... She doesn't get her revenge against Bison. She gets those one couple of uh, punches and then throws them into the into the drawer. Um, she doesn't get her uh, her true vengeance uh, against Bison. And she's just kind of, it is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but let's let's talk. Speaking of of Colonel William F. Guile, let's talk about the All American uh, Go Home and Be a Family Man, Guile. Panic boom. Oh boy. <sighs> I honestly was on the fence of having uh, Belgian actor Jean-Claude Van Damme as the all-American hero as Guile, but rewatching this movie again, I mean... It's he, fine. He's fine. He's fine. Obviously, he has... The thing is, like, it, it's more hindsight. Like, Guile's not as brash as, as he as he is, as Guile is in, in this movie, where, like, Guile is very much, like, reserved military Air Force man. Versus here, Guile's like, hey, Bison, look at this, fuck you, you know, and very <laughs> very taunting and stuff like that. He's pretty much not even Guile. He's pretty much just playing himself, which is what Jean-Claude does a lot in his movies. At, yeah, le- at least back uh, then. I'm honestly, yeah, I'm honestly uh, not that familiar with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, films as a whole. I didn't watch them a whole lot as a kid, but I do see um, the whole glory hog aspect of uh, his acting yeah it, it's pretty much him it's me 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 now he does have a, like a good charm a good smarminess to him um but overall i think uh yeah obviously could there have been better guiles but he was obviously picked for star power yeah it definitely elevates uh, the movie to um more recognizable links. Like, people know who Jean-Claude Van Damme is from Bloodsport and all that stuff. Yeah, so it's a, it's a way, like, oh, I like John. I'll go see him in, in Street Fighter. Because, like, even though Street Fighter was popular with, like, kids and, like, maybe teenagers, maybe, like, 30-year-olds who, like, what the f- street? What the fuck is Street... Who don't have time for the arcades? Like, what the fuck is Street Fighter? They don't know what Street Fighter is, but they know who Jean-Claude Van Damme is. So, that, obviously, that's the idea. Get, get the big movie star. Yeah. And he was fine. He's not terrible. Like, obviously, he doesn't... It's. I wish Guile was American. Because um, uh, Ming-Na Wen is Chinese. So, like, uh, she's not native Chinese, but she's definitely... Uh, she's Chinese-American, so that's close. Um, let's go ahead and group the next two characters together. Uh, so, we'll do Ryu and Ken. Oh, boy. Yeah, they're a package deal in this movie. And they couldn't be any more different than their game counterparts. Yeah. They're pretty. It's weird to like as, and I never questioned as a kid the fact that Ryu and Ken were weapons dealers, but like the, all that, I'm like, why would you make? I guess, I, I guess you got to find a way to get them to Bison somehow. So, um, it's such a weird decision. Um, yeah, for one thing, uh, uh, Ken's uh, sister is married to uh, Guile, or at least that's uh, that's what I remember. Yeah. Uh, so, but. In this movie, they barely have any relation at all. No, and and like, can it, Ryu and like Ryu and, and Ken are just kind of just there. They don't really ha- like Ryu has a character arc, and it's and it's it's the most subtle one where it's like 
he's constantly begging Ken to like, I can't believe you let me drag here. I can't believe you let me do this. You know, oh Ken, you silly goose. Where um and like and then he of course he has that big turn where he tells Ken, fuck off, I'm gonna go help people, and Ken's just in it for the money. And I feel like maybe with a longer runtime or maybe you cut some other stuff, you could have had something there. But obviously it's an undercooked storyline between these two. Yeah, uh, they honestly, they could have been cut from the movie and been replaced with any other Joe Schmo, and uh, it probably wouldn't have changed much. Yeah, because the actors are not, I mean, Ryu and Ken are the blankest of slates when it comes to Street Fighter, especially Street Fighter 2 at the time, where they don't really have as powerful as motivations to say Chun-Li or Guile. Um, you know, they just want to fight. <laughs> that That's pretty much it. Um, but... Yeah, it was cool. You got to see them do the, in in their in their uh, in in their outfits, you know. So that that's that's the thing. Um, Sagat and Vega. Um, now we talked about Vega a little bit in that how he doesn't he doesn't speak at all, which is fine. I don't mind Vega being the the um, the silent one, but Sagat is a huge change. Yeah, like he definitely looks the part, and I can believe that this is a real life Sagat, but. Yeah, he's way different than in the games. Yeah, so like he's a he's a weapons dealer who trades with Bison. Um, although it's implied uh, very very subtly, uh, not so subtle, but that pretty much he was a prime fighter um, before. Like he was pretty much the king of the cage fighting before Vega took over and he retired. So there is that. And he actually, if you, I never noticed this before, at the end of the movie when he's with DJ. Um, he, he has the scar. He has the scar, and I'm wondering. It looked fresh. So I'm like, Did, don't tell me Ken gave him that. Um, um, like, like obviously Ryu didn't give it to him, but he has the scar. So I think it's implied that he was a badass, and this is just, uh, this is just him in the later. Now I can't help but think of that that from the cartoon of Sagat with the shotgun. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is probably where they got that from. You know, let's just give Sagat a gun. Um, obviously he doesn't do any, he doesn't do, out of all the characters who don't do moves, Sagat does the least amount of no moves at all for his character. Yeah, he's, um, when it comes to like, uh, aside from looks, he isn't really, um, that similar than, to what he is in the games. And it is unfortunate because they did cast him pretty well. Yeah. I could believe, like, any other movie, like, the guy was lanky enough, for sure. Um, I could definitely see him as Sagat physically, but just what he was given... And what he was given was great. I thought he was, like, next... Like, he wasn't as hammy as as Raul Julia, but, you know, I thought, like, him at the end... Like, this money isn't worth it, it's printed on. Um, that's the... You know, that that's great. Um, uh... I, it's just unfortunate that, like, hey, we'll make you... You're gonna... Alright. Sagat, Mutai King... Nah. Weapon Stealer. Weapon Stealer. Genius. Genius. Exactly. So, we got two more char- two more groups to go over real quick, and I think that's enough characters. Um, Balrog and E-Honda. Um, again, on the lower end, they're pretty much filler characters at this point. Um, but did you catch the hand job joke? <laughs> I don't think I did. Okay, okay. So I never caught this until today. Um, uh, Honda is getting tortured, like, being whipped in the back. And I forgot how, like, chill he acts. He basically no-sells it. So, (laughs) 
So like uh, the guard, the, the, the torturer leaves, and and Balrog is like, oh man, uh, how can you do that? You know, like how can you handle that pain? It's like I'm a sumo brother. Um, and it, but, but, oh, also, Ihanda's not Japanese in this movie. He's he's Hawaiian. Um, unlike the games, which is that's fine. Whatever. There there have been Japanese. Yeah. There have been Hawaiian sumos before, so it's not not that big of a deal. Uh, I do like that they say his name Edmund, which is which is funny. I like I always like that he was yeah. Edmund Han. Edmund, little Edmund. Uh, but there's a line where <laughs> Balrog tells Honda, "Hey, give me a hand." He goes, "I've only prison I've only been in a few days, brother. Maybe in a month from now." <laughs> I was like, "What?" That's the one. I didn't catch that. What? It's a fucking hand job joke in this. Goddamn! P- what was this movie graded? PG, I think. PG, PG thirteen of- for excessive action and violence. Well, they mixed the sexual content because I was like, "Ooh, that's a hand job joke." Somebody fucking snuck in, and I never. I've seen this movie a few times as an adult, but obviously, like you tend to turn your mind off at certain points. I don't. I did not remember the hand job joke. Oh, good lord! I could not. <laughs> maybe and Honda was like, you know, maybe in a month I'll be fine. I'll be down for it. Like what? Um, I do find it odd that Balrog, out of all the characters, he gets the costume. He's he his the ones kind of feel the mo- his him getting his costume feels the most forced because I was yeah, it kind of does like out like Ryu and Ken they're given the keys. Uh, Honda Honda doesn't really get his costume, but like, he wraps his shirt around, so it's kind of also about that same level. But for some reason, Balrog puts on boxing gear for for like I guess because he's like oh okay I'll put this on versus just wearing his clothes. Right. At least he doesn't have to type in a computer with boxing gloves on like in the cartoon. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I do love that he basically does his turnaround punch a little bit, and they even give like a like a cartoon sound effect. Um, and he actually just straight up punches dudes in the helmet. So they do a somewhat good job of you know displaying his punching power. But Balrog's kind of just eh, in the game. And actually, his outfit reminds me more of a basketball player's outfit than like a boxer. Um, and, yeah. and it's because Balrog in the game wears like the the, the tank top, but um, I'm so used to like boxers not having that. Uh, ha- I, although I do like the casting of Honda, even though it's not like true Edmund Honda, I I do think the guy was pretty fun. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Like he like he looked like he was having a good time, especially the fight. Can we talk about the fight he has with Zangief real quick? Because that shit was great. That's possibly the best. It turns into a fucking Godzilla joke at one point. Yeah. And then, okay, I need to ask you this because it's driving me crazy. You obviously, one of the roars is Godzilla. Who the fuck is the other one? Because I can't recognize it. I'm pretty sure it might be a stock monster sound effect. If I, if I go back to the scene, I might be able to recognize it. Otherwise, I couldn't tell you offhand. Okay, because uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I was like, what is, is that? I thought it was, um... Yeah, I, I, I thought it was, uh, oh, fuck the dog. Um, King Caesar from him. I'm like, that's not King Caesar. I couldn't recognize it. Um, but yeah, like that, like, okay, fuck any other fight. That's the best fight. Um, fucking For sure. Zangief body slams or, or Honda body slams Zangief through the, through the fucking floor. That's the best fight in the movie. I don't care what anybody says. Um, and I guess the last character, last three, we'll group the last three characters at once because, uh, they are. They're kind of like together. One of them kind of doesn't get paired with anybody, or if he does, we already talked about him. Uh, Dawson and Blanca, who Dawson might be the biggest waste of time in this damn movie as a character. Yeah, 
Like, why even like, call they him? Make him a sci- they make him a scientist, and he doesn't look like he should until, like, his very last scene. Yeah, it's like... Which comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, like, wait, what happened to your... Like, because there's a moment where he gets spilled with chemicals on him, and I thought, okay, maybe that's how he loses his hair. But, no, it happens, like, the air very end, and, like, oh, there's the chains, and, like, and, oh, there's the blood. I'm like, that's the... That might be the laziest way to get a character to, like, oh, oh look, here's... Here's Dawson! Dawson, everybody! It's Dawson! Dawson! We got Dawson! See, nobody cares. <laughs> he doesn't stretch his limbs or breathe fire, but that's totally Dawson, guys. Yeah. And uh, the entire reason that we made him a scientist is because he's experienced the enlightenment of metaphysics. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, I think the actor... on Okay, I do think the whole... It's not good, but the idea of it where, like, Dawson basically sees this tortured person in Carlos Blanca, who we'll talk about in a moment, and tries to basically uh, insert images of good to hopefully, you know, ha- give him the capacity to feel empathy. I think that's actually has merit. Like, like under a better writing team and directing team, that, that could have been a good idea where, like... You know, I, I want to, like, like, but it's just not. It just kind of just feels like, eh, just put on some happy VHS videos for, for like, in half an hour. Um, yeah, as a yogi, it makes sense for Dalsim to, like, instill good in someone. Yeah. But in the context of this movie, it's just, what? Exactly. Now, the other card of the coin is Blanca. So, <gasps> funny enough, so, going back to, like, Street Fighter doesn't have any lore. In the, in Street Fighter 2 comes out. Guile in the game does talk about his friend Charlie and how his friend was murdered by Bison. And then we learn, uh, or at least something happened to his friend, or at least Guile is believed to be like somebody happened to his friend. Then we meet uh, Charlie in Street Fighter Alpha, which is a prequel to Street Fighter 2. Um, yeah, and that game didn't come out until after this movie was released. Exactly. So that led, to, and obviously in this game, Charlie becomes Blanca. So a lot of people assume that, oh shit, that's Blanca! Uh, that Charlie actually does become Blanca until you actually beat his ending. Um, Charlie is pretty much a, a blank slate. He's a nobody. Obviously because he was a nobody in, in the game at this point. He wasn't Charlie Nash yet. Um, yeah, Blanca was pretty much a recognizable monster man in Street Fighter 2. And that's pretty much all everybody knew him as. Yeah. So adapting him into the movie was just kind of... I don't know, kind of haphazard. I like the idea that basically Bison is you is he he is basically the cap. He's trying to recreate Captain America, where it's like I will create genetically engineered super soldiers to basically be his muscle to storm over the world. That's that's a that's an old trope we've seen before, and that Blanca is going to be oddly enough he he call his name is Carlos Blanca calls him Charlie for sure, calls him Charlie's nickname because Guile can't be bothered to learn a a, a brown person's name. Uh, proper name. Yes, I just called Guile racist. I'm sorry. Um, uh, so he calls him Charlie. And so that's what he just basically... So Bison's just going to call him Blanca because that's his name. Although Blanca does sound like a vicious na- animal name. Um, I do like the idea that he is basically... This is probably the most fucked up part of the movie in that Blanca is shown violent images and they're also at the same time injecting him with... Haha, green and orange fluid, because it's Blanca. Y- you see? Yep. It's Blanca. No electric heels here. No. Is that how he got his powers? Yep. Uh, after he crash landed in Brazil as a baby, he inject 
He injected himself with electric eels to the point where he can just generate electricity by himself. Wow. Blocka doesn't do that here. <laughs> um, but I think as a story aspect, under a better writing team, it's actually, pre- I think it's pretty interesting because you're basically torturing this guy to, you know, become this killing machine and then having, you know, like your brain show you images of good, like how much does that affect you? Uh, unfortunately, it's not done well at all. Um, Blanca doesn't do anything, and I, I, I don't know what decision, why, maybe the makeup just in, in, so, the only time you see Blanca is in the laboratory after the power goes down, and you cannot see Blanca well at all, and it's probably because the makeup looked like shit. Yeah, it, he looks like he was on loan from the Geico Caveman. Very, very bad, and he sounds like a Cro-Magnum, um, man, which is probably the point, like, de- like they think they're kind of de-evolving him, um... He has the red hair, or the orange hair, and he has green skin. But, like, he doesn't do it. You don't see him doing anything. They, they show a off-screen of him fighting, and it's just like, oh, okay, I would have liked to. It would have been cool to, like, it would probably would have looked terrible, him doing, like, the rolling the rolling ball um, and stuff like that. But, no. Blanca's just there to check off a name on a box. But at least he looks like himself in the, in the, in the game as close as he can. Yeah, for sure. Just don't look at him in Street Fighter the movie the game. Just just don't do it. Just Ew, don't. just don't just don't do it. Um I think that covers everything, uh, for the for at least the characters. Um Uh anything else you want to talk about, buddy? Uh we could talk about uh Cammy and T Hawk. Oh I forgot pretty much part of God. I forgot team. about them. Yeah, so Cammy and T Hawk, um yeah, they're kind of just Guile's fluckies, um, which is odd, because, like, Cammy is one of the more revered characters in, in Street Fighter. Um, and T-Hawk's just... But she is... she. They are still brand new at this point, so they weren't exactly sure what to do with the new Challengers characters at this point. Right, which is why DJ's comic relief... Um, T-Hawk's just muscle. That's all he is. He's basically there's. He's supposed to be their geef, I guess? You know, the tall, strong dude, but they never meet each other. Yeah, it's strange. Although he is Native American, or Mexican. He's Mexican. They never say he's Mexican, but they, they he's definitely of, of Native uh, of Native American, um, because he has the... I, even they think the actor actually is... Um, uh, even has the headband, which is a nice touch, but, you know... I, I like... He doesn't look like... When you look at him, he doesn't look like T-Hawk. He doesn't... Uh, funny enough... Out of all the characters, Ka- uh, Cammy and T Hawk are the ones who do not get like a movie, like a, a costume equivalent to their game counterparts. Well, Cammy is kind of close, although she doesn't have the green leotard. She does have the blue uniform that all the yeah, but she's have. not. She's she's wearing pants though. Yeah, that's true. She does have pants in Final Fight Streetwise though. Yeah, and in, but that was way after this movie and in Fortnite. Um, <laughs> She has that too. Um, uh, although you know what, T Hawk's jacket kind of—it's kind of like his—it's—it's it's weird. Um, that, that's like a stretch. It's, it's a—it's a big stretch. But I think T Hawk. It is. Yeah, but again, you're right because like this—this this came out in '94. Super Turbo would have come out in '94, so they probably just had like barely character description. But they got Cammy the fact that right that she's British. So there's that. Like she's from the UK. They got that at least. You know, they didn't get the right the fact that she's she's a. 
a doll working for Bison, but I don't even think that was that was not even a thing at this point. That doesn't come until the that end. was in the Alpha series. Yeah. Um, she was uh, fighting against Bison Street Fighter Two. Yeah, which is odd. It would have been cool to see her in the green. You know, just like even though it, maybe her leotard would have been green. You know, but it is what it is. They they have uh, next to Ryu and Ken. They kind of have like the least amount of things to do as main, as like hero characters. They're just there. Yeah. So, the. As I talked about real quick, I guess we'll, we'll end it on this. There's like the fight scenes are not good. They're just not. They aren't. Um, and the one that showed promise was uh, Vega versus Ryu, which I like that they established that rivalry, which is like the opposite of which is usually Ryu and Sagat. And they do and they do the poses, and right as they're about to fight, fucking Guile crashes the damn party. I'm here to ruin everything. He's Russian, not not. He's not Russian. He's Belgian. Um, I I can't do a good Jean Claude Van Damme. I'm sorry. Um, it looks like this. Um, a little bit tougher. Uh, but then then pretty much we don't get any fights. Like we get there's the prison fight, but it doesn't really count because it's pretty much Ryu and Ken beating up you know jobbers. That's all it is. Um, yeah. Did you catch that Ryu and Ken did their rolling throws? Did you catch that reference? <laughs> Yeah, I saw that yeah, for sure. That was that was cute. Yay. Um, uh, so it's basically go down to, to three final fights. We already talked about the best fight in the movie, which was Zangief versus Ionda. That was the best. Easily the best. Um, for sure. They even do the poses. Zangief does his pose. Um, the Ryu and, and Ken versus Sagat and Vega was just so, so bad. Well, namely the Ken and Sagat stuff was bad. Yeah, that part was the lamest one. Like, they try to replicate replicate the Shoryuken, but it's it's almost like a kid trying to. He literally the just Shoryuken on the playground. Upper kid and turns around and like Sagat has to sell it. I do like the the fact that Sagat kicks the training ball so hard that it explodes. Like, okay, there's the Mutai King a little bit, but it's just uh, it's just not that great. Um, yeah, aside from that part, they don't really do anything with Sagat as a fighting prowess. No, which I guess the idea is like he's older, so that makes sense. Um, but I do think the Ryu and Vega stuff, well, not as great. At least it feels a lot more personal, a lot more vicious, and like they're actually fighting versus like Sagat and Ken were just going through the motions. Yeah, this is uh, definitely a fight that they tease at the beginning and does somewhat deliver um, at the very at the climax of the movie. Like they even incorporate the part where Ryu ruins Vega's face and he's obviously pissed about it, which is a thing in the games. Exactly. Yeah. Although I hate the Hadouken, I hate it so yeah. much. It's he does the hand motion. And all it is is a flash of light. That's all it is. It's not no fireball. It's just a flash of blinding light. It was literally just a force palm. Yeah, which I'm like, okay, I guess it's uh, doing doing the poster boys dirty like that. Um, that being said, even though it's not the best fight in the movie, the re- the the Guile and Bison fight is pretty fun. Oh, for sure. It's again not great. But what they have uh, for um, the cinematography and all that is pretty fun. Yeah, it's great. A lot of, lot of, cut, lot of quick cuts. I like, you know, he we see the big bell 
Bison gets his... Funny enough, Bison... Bison, it's unrealistic also, because Bison gets his ass handed to him. Like, that's not how it would happen. Bison would beat your ass, um, which does happen in the second. Yeah, he'd kick your ass with and uh, spam the sliding kick over and over. Ex- exactly. Um, we do get to see the flash kick twice, which are called bullshit, because there's no way he charged fast enough to do it. Unless you're an AI. True, which uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme might be. Um... And he does his, his he does his bullshit sweep attack, um, which is which is pretty cool. But uh, and of course he does the Jean Claude Van Damme special, the roundhouse kick. Roundhouse kick, yeah. Because heaven forbid, I I would have loved it if um if if he would have ended the fight with with the flash kick. That would have been so much better. Or a Sonic boom because he doesn't do that at no, all. No, there's a, what Sonic what. Sonic who? Nah, just just around. They get, I imagine they go up to Jean. They, somebody probably wrote that down. It's like, do the you're gonna do this move. I'm Jean Claude Van Damme. I do I do the roundhouse. That's that's how we do this. I'm like, oh, okay, Mr. Van Damme. And they just went away. It's all I got. That's all, that's all I know how to do. I mean, look cool. Like you know, roundhouse kicking him so hard he flies back into the monitors. It, it looked cool, but of course, then, For sure. then you got the fucking cheese ass line. All right, Bison, you're off air. I'm like, wow, really? Who wrote <laughs> Really? Uh, Part for the course for a 90s action movie. True. And, of course, they I do find it cute that at the, they, they pose at the end and they do all the the victory poses, which is really nice. So good. Yeah. It's so cheesy. Yeah, it's a little cheesy, but um, T-Hawk does like, oh, yeah, he's doing the elbow thing, you know. Um, Ryu's doing the pose. Not not bad. Uh, honestly, Chun Li does the Yata <laughs> jump. Yeah, that's really good. That's really cute. Um, very very good. Cami Cami does the look behind you a little bit. I think she does. Um, God does the hair. Th- it's it's all really nice. Like that's like okay. That's the big wink. Um, overall. So um, anything else? Anything else to say about this movie? About Street Fighter the movie as our first. Uh, we did not uh, talk about the fact that Bison can levitate oh. things with electromagnetism. Yeah, no psycho power here. It's all electromagnetic. And he get all the the speech he God again going back to how amazing Raul Julia is. The speech he gives delivering to Guile. Um, he basically compares himself to Satan, which I never caught up on when I was a kid. And that's pretty accurate given what Bison is in the game. Oh yeah, pretty much. Um, I do think it was cool. Um, like, it was, obviously, it, it was a way to get him to do the, 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 the Psycho Crusher without doing the Psycho Crusher, you know? Yeah, it does sell the overpowered nature of the move. Although, they do a better job of doing the Psycho Crusher in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah! For, for, for sure, for sure. Which is a nice little wink, but... For what for 1994? Not bad. Obviously, it would have been cool for it to be like rainbows out of nowhere. You know, like like how how Bison's uh, effects used to be. But what are you gonna do, right? Um, although Bison's true. Although and also there's a post credit scene where Bison is not dead. Yep, uh, he he uh, comes out of the wreckage like Super Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too, and pull and pushes the world domination button, and that's where the movie ends. Yeah, unfortunately. We will not be getting a sequel to Street Fighter. This movie, we will be getting a Street Fighter movie. Um, uh, I guess we didn't talk about DJ, uh, who's kind of like basically the comic relief for the bad guys a little bit next to Zangief. 
Yeah, he is pretty. He is pretty comical. He, he, he does have some good lines. Uh, like he's trying to escape the base, and he's like, "I should have stayed with Microsoft." Exactly. That's that's great. Um, uh, my my favorite is when Bison is telling he's telling Bison after they learn the news that Guile has been killed by Ken and Ryu, or by, by Ken. And he goes, "That's great news, General. Congratulations." On the contrary, I'm I mourn. Okay, and he's just like, "Damn!" <laughs> <laughs> he's so, he just sounded so defeated. Um, honestly, DJ's best, DJ's like the one character who doesn't get any fight scenes in this, like, um, he doesn't get to do anything, he kinda just escapes, uh, which sucks, cause DJ's a cool fighter, um, and based off an actual person, um, yeah, but, uh, I, I, for what, for what little screen time he has, he made it, he made it, cause he's definitely one of the, one I remember, especially, like, a lot of his facial... If you look at his face when he, in certain scenes, he's just great. Like, when Bi- after Bison gives his speech, DJ just has his eyebrow raised like, Huh? This fucking... <laughs> this fucking guy. Whatever, I'm getting paid. And when the and when the truck full of weapons is about to ram them, and Zangief exclaims, Change the channel! He just looks at him like, The fuck did you just say? What is, what? Yeah, so, not great. Again, she goes to show, like, how much, um... Physic... Not, even if you don't got lines in the movie you can still make yourself by like with your face if you have that option yeah next to Zangief he's the second funniest character in the movie for sure for sure all right I think that about covers it um let's go ahead and go to the uh the victory I'm gonna call this the victory screen and uh how many rounds out of five I know this is stupid but go with it uh, do you give Street Fighter the movie I will give this a solid four rounds out of five. This is an incredibly cheesy but fun movie to watch. Uh, Raul Julia is a blast to watch through, and he steals every scene he's in. Um, Some of the characterizations are really spot on. Like, they got a godly Zangief and a really cool Vega. And uh, aside from that, most of the other casting is just fine. I don't mind Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile. But, I don't know, it's just whatever. It was, it was just a fun movie all around. And uh, it's bad, for sure. But I would definitely take this over a boring movie any day. For sure. I'll agree with you. I'm gonna, I'll give you the same score. I thought it was... It's, it's, it's not a Street Fighter movie, but it's definitely fun. Raul Julia makes it. And, of course, Zangief helps. Um, it's fun to see those characters. And it, at least when the action is there, even though it's not all fighting-based... It's so fun to watch, and it, like there are parts where it slows down, like when they get to the prison and stuff. It slows down a little bit too much, but once you get to the thieves market, it, the movie just doesn't stop and it keeps going. It's absurd. It's not the best thing in the world, but for a first shot, it's definitely gonna be much better than one we're gonna cover in a few weeks. Oh boy, it's a hell of a lot better than the Super Mario Brothers movie. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I would rather watch this over Super Mario Brothers any any day, any any fucking day. Okay. Yep. So just now, let's lay down the groundworks for this. Uh, as as Tyler, as we've said, we're going to be talking every single live action video game movie to go. Uh, so that means we're going to be doing this in chronological order. So Tyler, yes, what movie are we watching next? Next week, we're going to be looking at the cream of the crop and would stand as one of the best video game adaptations of a movie uh, for nearly two decades until a certain blue hedgehog would seal the scene. Next week, we'll be taking a look at Mortal Kombat from 1995. Wow. 
So we go from trash to to, to riches in, in the in Spain. It's it, it's only going to get bad from here, folks. After after next week, it's it's only going to get bad. All right. Yep, it's all downhill from all there. All downhill from there. All right, guys. Uh, Tyler, please plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Ty. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old ass fighting games for your pleasure. I also stream on Twitch on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time at uh, twitch.tv slash tireshoes1 where I'll be playing online matches of Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel or anything else I feel like playing. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy and you can catch me live four times a week at twitch.tv slash iggy2814. Uh, I uh, you guys to go to our uh, to listen to this show as well as our, our main show, the Charge Gamescast. Go to chartshow.com for all that, including uh, also the wrestling watch along I do with Thomas. Thank you for listening, everybody. We're I'm very excited for this next iteration of Cinema Shot. Uh, we'll be back for next time for some Mortal Kombat 1995 goodness. Until next time, guys. Round one, fight. Game. Over! You win! Perfect! Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.